Hi there, this is the Odd HR Podcast, where we share best practices in HR, how we have been doing things different, answering your burning HR questions, and not forgetting some fun entertainment by HR Horror Stories. Today's episode is a recorded webinar hosted by Lily, who's in the legal counsel team at DG. She is here to speak to the head of corporate and commercial of Raja, Daryl, and Lo, Chupai Kit, on how to respond to COVID-19 through a legal perspective on business. In this webinar, we'll be answering some questions that were submitted from our audiences regarding how to go about the legal perspective in their respective business operations. So stay tuned, and without further ado, let's get started. So we will now take some questions from the floor. We have a question in from David Tan. What if both parties to the contract agree that the service will be suspended during the force majeure period? Must payment during the period be suspended too? Yes, uh, thank you, Jamie, for the question. Um, this is all about what did the parties mean. Okay, now if the parties agreed that service will be suspended, I would have hoped, okay, I would have hoped that the service provider would have, uh, um, well, actually, I should reverse that. I would have hoped that the recipient of the services, because he's the guy paying, right? I would have hoped that the, the customer would have also put the query in. Uh, so you are suspending services. Uh, won't payment also be suspended? So that should have gone into that contract to suspend the contract. I'm mean, sorry, that agreement to suspend the contract, the services. I would have hoped that's ha- that would have happened. But if the situation is no one mentioned about payment, okay, I would try to argue it should be implied. If no services, what am I paying for? Okay, so I would think the logic should prevail, even if we didn't talk about payment. If there are no services because we are both agreed to suspend, there should be impliedly corresponding no need to pay for that period. Okay, I'm not talking about delaying payment, right? As if that, that becomes an owing later. I'm talking about suspending in terms of waiving waiving payment because you're arguing that no services should mean no payment for those services. So I hope that helps. Yeah. Thank you, Paikyat. We have a second question from Shred Yen. Is it reasonable for parties to insert a clause to request for business performance and impose penalty regardless of pandemic circumstances, especially when this force majeure could have been become normal? Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, when, when we use the term uh, uh, reasonable for parties to insert a clause, um, it, it, this is, the, the parties will talk about what they want perform mutually, okay? So we, we don't talk about a force measure yet, right? We don't talk about a force measure clause yet. So parties will normally discuss in a normal life situation when it's business as usual. What would be your obligation to provide the service or perform according to your the contract and your obligation to pay for it? Okay. So if you don't perform, then uh, I can have a penalty clause, right? Or if you don't pay, I can have a penalty clause by way of late payment interest, for example. So that would be a normal clause uh, in part of the negotiation between the parties. Okay. Now, when I mention force majeure, I'm saying just now that the parties should also now, and this pandemic has made us all become very aware, 
Where's my force majeure clause? Where's my force majeure clause? So to me, parties should now be mindful that is business as usual obligation. So now let's talk about when it's not business as usual due to a pandemic type situation. Okay. So to me, if you are now today negotiating a contract, it will be quite uh, strange why you would not talk about, hey guys, let's have a force measure clause as well because we all know what has happened. Let's also talk about a situation when it's not BAU, it's not business as usual. In particular, where we are unable to perform because of unavoidable uh, events not under our control, like a pandemic. Okay, So I, I would hope that you would put it in. So um, really can't say about reasonable. It is to me very reasonable to discuss, to discuss the force majeure clause when you are negotiating a contract today. And if a party says, no, I will hold you to your performance no matter what, uh, uh, it must be really a contract you really need, okay, before you agree to that. Because, by the way, the COVID Act is not forever. I forgot to mention. That's why the, the title of the Act is Temporary Measures. It expires 31st December 2020. Yeah. yeah. It expires with the right of the minister to extend. Um, and maybe it will because we don't know when the vaccine will come. Okay. Uh, and we pray there won't be a fourth wave and so on, but no one can guarantee that won't happen. So it may be extended, but because this COVID Act, even when you don't have a force measure cross, remember I mentioned just now, this COVID Act will protect you by, by, by statutorily imposing a force measure effect, but it will end in December. So you really have to make sure your contracts have this kind of force measure cross now, as far as you can do it. Thank you. Thank you, Paiket. We will move on to the next question. Is there such a similar law as well in other countries? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, many countries have woken up to this situation. Many countries have decided that they need to help uh, the weaker party. You, you, you understand why, why this act came, right? They need to help the weaker party cope yeah. with the effect of the pandemic. Um, by imposing this force merger type effect in the contract. So many countries are, are, are having it. Um, and I, I, we know when our government was looking at this, they had so many examples to draw from. So when, when I read the act as drafted, uh, I could see elements from New Zealand, elements from UK, elements from Singapore, um, and, and they were all helpful because we are uh, learning from someone else's experience. Um, so yes, it is all over, it is all over. And where it is not a law by itself, governments are issuing their own directives because not every, uh, shall I say, not every country has a parliament-type scenario where we go to the parliament, they make the law and it pass down. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Paiket. Uh, we are getting quite a number of questions in. Do provisions of the Act only apply within a COVID-19 period? Who determines when this period ends and what are the criteria to make this decision as to when it starts or ends? I think earlier you've already yep. uh, addressed part of it. Yep. Yeah, yep. so it ends in December, uh, 31st December 2020. Okay, that part two. But with the power of the minister to extend as many times as he deems fit. But the law says he must make the decision before 31st December 2020. So we cannot be late anymore, okay? We were late on this act. The minister must remember, and this will be uh, law minister, yeah, the law minister, he must address his mind to it and make a decision to extend the act beyond 31st December 2020. Otherwise, parliament have to come into play again. And we all know 
we're not sure what is parliament today, right? Okay. <laughs> or who is in parliament today, right? Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you so much, Jofan, for that question. Uh, we have a question from Places Media. What if the force majeure clause in my contract does not include the pandemic or epidemic events? Right. Okay, I'm hoping uh, uh, that your clause, even if it doesn't list down pandemic or epidemic as an event, you had that catch-all phrase I said just now. So the clause will say, if either party is unable to perform the contract due to a reason beyond its re their reasonable control, okay, uh, including but not limited to A, B, C, D, E, and pandemic epidemic is not in A, B, C, D, E, you can still use the phrase because it says any event beyond the control or reasonable control of that party uh, including but not limited to. So the examples are just, I mean, the list is just examples, okay? Then you can still fight for it because obviously uh, lockdowns, okay, and measures under PCDA is something beyond your control, okay? But if you don't have that, remember I said there could be a, risk, a more narrow type uh, FM clause, force measure clause, which says only these events qualify for force measure, then I'm afraid you're, you're, you're on to frustration scenario, right? The all or nothing, the scary scenario, the all or nothing. Either you show you, you totally cannot perform for a long period, um, and if you can't do that, then the other party can hold you to the obligations, yeah? Subject to COVID Act coming to rescue you. You get my point, right? The three tools. Yeah. Subject to COVID Act coming to rescue you. Yeah, so answer is... Uh, your, your force measure clause may or may not apply. Okay, it's whether a narrow or a broad, any event outside your control, including but not limited to, then you're still safe. Paikat, I just have a question on, on what you've just said. Um, right. What if a party wants to rely the pandemic under acts of God? What's your view on that? Uh, uh, you mean the term act of God? Yeah, can, oh, okay. can the pandemic okay. fall under that? Uh, yes. So what happened is, this is actually a legal, legal terminology. Uh, so force bourgeois means a powerful force, but that's the literal meaning, right? Um, and it's normally defined as act outside your control. Then we talk about your religious persuasion or your theological worldview. <laughs> so uh, if you say all acts come from God because he's in control, and we use the doctrine of sovereignty of God, right? Uh, then uh, force measure is the same as act of God. Okay? Uh, now, whether you say this disease came out of a lab, blah, 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 all those, you know, conspiracy theory and all that, that's not act of God. That's act of somebody doing bad things. Then when you talk like that, then if your force measure clause says act of God, you may have a problem because someone will say, this is caused by climate change. Climate change is not act of God, okay? Um, but at the moment, I feel the law has sort of settled that act of God is not different from force measure. But we don't look for the origin. We look for what is the effect being felt now, right? Yeah, so, uh, so some people would, would use the word force measure and act of God interchangeably. And I would say the same principles would apply uh, just now, right? That uh, uh, a pandemic, uh, I think no one, would, no one could successfully argue in court, a, pandic, a pandemic is not something that you are out of your control. Of course, it's out of my control, yeah? Uh, whether it's out of control because God willed it, 
uh, I don't think the court will go into that discussion. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Baike. Uh, we have a question from YS Lim. Is it possible yes. for employees to suspend payment of employee salary during FM? Force majeure. Okay. Uh, thank you. So, so when you discuss this with uh, your labor lawyer, your industrial court lawyer, or we actually discuss this with the HR Ministry of the Government, uh, you you would uh, you know uh, what Kementerian uh, Sumber Tanaga, right? Yeah, So when you discuss with them, they they have put out certain positions um, on this. Okay, um, and the 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 usual explanation is you need the consent of the employee to suspend salary. Or to even cut salary okay so now we come to this scenario um, why doesn't a doctrine of frustration apply to an employment contract it does okay what if your force majeure if what if your employment contract have a have a force majeure clause why can't it be used okay so my answer is yes if you have a force majeure clause in your employment contract there is no reason why you cannot use it okay, to suspend payment if you can link your, your inability to pay salary to the force measure event, the principles I mentioned just now. If you can, don't have a force measure clause, you apply the doctrine of frustration, but it has limited effect because remember I said it is all or nothing. It's either a contract is terminated or it goes on. It goes on, it goes on the way it is not modified to cope with the force measure. That's the frustration issue. But since the question is, can I suspend, means you're not, try, you're not wanting to terminate, right? You're wanting to just suspend. I don't pay you salary for this period while we tide over the, the, this COVID period. That, I believe, is a YS Lim's question, the background to it. So to me, uh, when you're not strong on the force measure, you don't want to use for frustration, you have to go into an agreement with the employee for them to consent to the suspension of salary, okay? And if he signs that uh, consent letter to suspend, you solved your problem, okay? If he doesn't sign that suspension, consent to suspension of salary, and you decide to unilaterally, that's the point here, right? You decide to unilaterally suspend the salary, he can do two things. He can sue you for not paying salary, because it challenges your force majeure. Well, employees may do that, but usually they don't have to because they will use the Employment Act to go to the um, employment department okay, and lodge a complaint, in which case you will have a letter coming from the HR ministry, right, the enforcement division saying, why aren't you paying this person's salary? Then you have to face that scenario and uh, deal with that statutory investigation and seek to explain what's going on, okay? What's going on in your company? Justify why you have to do this. And then the decision will be made by the HR ministry in that respect. So is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Best case is mutually agree of the to the suspension. If you can't and you still need to suspend, then you have to talk about taking the risk of a, a pushback from the employee. If you cannot even cope with that, then there's the third option of retrenchment. Okay, so the law 
allows a retrenchment scenario, but you have to follow the rules of retrenchment under labor law for such situations, right? In order for your retrenchment not to result in another action by the employee for say non-payment of retrenchment benefits and so on. Okay. Um, so sorry, there's a, there's a bit of a various scenarios that could happen in the light of this issue. Is that okay, Dean? Yeah, YS? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Uh, YS, I hope that's helpful for you. Uh, we'll move on to Shuat Yen's question. During this period, many businesses ask for delay or waiver of payment from legal, uh, not to sure what that word is. Can you advise how SME business owners should record and manage this? Yeah. So, um, I, I think uh, what happens is you have to, dis you have to read the contract. There's that's, that's the, the first strategy. Read the contract. If you are in a good position under the contract to allege or to raise the force majeure clause, follow it and make the request. Right? So you have a force majeure clause, your notice will go out to your counterparty right? to say, uh, uh, this clause says uh, this is what uh, happens to the contract during this force majeure event. We would like to therefore inform you that uh, we are unable to fulfill our payment obligation. Uh, in that nature, it's very good if at that time, if you fall under the COVID Act and the COVID Act is in force, you add that together, yeah? You add that together with this point. And if you don't have a force majeure clause, you use the COVID Act and hopefully you're under the list of contracts I mentioned just now. Say, for example, you do provide professional services. So you're saying, uh, due to the COVID Act, we are exercising our rights thereunder, and we hope that you can agree with us that there will be a delay or waiver of payment. Now, you must decide. There's a difference, right? And I think um, Shred Yen knew the difference by saying delay or waiver. Okay, so it's one thing to tell the landlord, can you please waive rental for six months? That means never claim from me, right? Uh, delay means, can you please... Uh, let me pay my rent later, okay? Yeah. Delay payment without interest. Of course, you ask that as well. The third option, of course, Shakyan uh, is to say, can you please give me a 50% discount? <laughs> a 50% discount on my rent. Okay, yeah. so, so like something like, can you waive rental for this period? That means the, the full MCO. Can you give me discounted rental for this period, the CMCO, where I could only partially operate my business? And then can you delay rental for the rest of the year because even when the COVID is over, the recession effects will begin. Okay, So that is a completely good proposal for the landlord to consider. And you can of, of course say this is on the back of the COVID Act, right? So it's sort of, uh, of course, we want it to be friendly. It's, it's sort of saying there is a legal force behind you when you make these requests, right? Uh, not to say you will exercise it, and hopefully the landlord would say, um, you know, um, let, let's be reasonable in the situations. So you would like have that strategy, and then you like all negotiations, you have plan A, plan B, plan C, that, that kind of thing to, to work out what happens. Um, so you should uh, get, get this, get a standard letter out, you know, draft it well. And, and modify it for the various parties that you have to pay to, right? Your, your, your paymasters, who are you, who is it you have to pay? And then take each one. Um, it, it's like, to me, it's like negotiating a contract. Okay? Yeah. What strategy would you put in place to negotiate a contract? Yeah, or negotiate a settlement 
of a contract. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Paiket. So I just came to know POV is point of view, legal ah, okay. point of view. Yes. Um, okay, we have we have two more minutes, Paiket, so we can take one last question. Uh, can a customer cancel an order already made that the supplier has yet to perform? This is from David. Uh, yes. So the norm, I would assume the contract is saying, uh, well, I would assume when it's business as usual, the contract is non-cancellable. Okay, because if the contract was cancelable in your business as usual situation, of course they can cancel a contract, right? If if your con if your contract already says uh, you uh, the the customer can cancel the order if delivery not yet given, okay, or within sixty days, the, you know, there's a cooling off period and so on. So we must we're obviously not talking about that. Okay, we must be talking about a situation where the con customer has no right to cancel the order, and the supplier has done things to get start preparing himself to fulfill the order. And then COVID comes in, and then COVID comes in. So now the customer says, "There's no point me getting this because I can't sell to my customers because I can't open my shop." Assuming that's a scenario, he's buying from you to resell. Assuming that's a scenario, or he doesn't want it anymore because he can't use it because of the COVID. Okay, then he is trying to bring in either the force. He has to try to bring in either the force majeure. All the frustration or the COVID X scenario to back up his right to cancel the order. Okay. And so if he can't bring any of this force measure clause, if any, frustration, because there's no purpose for the contract anymore, it's become radically different, and he can't bring in the COVID act to help him, then the contract will remain non-cancellable. So when he chooses to still cancel unilaterally, you can hold him to it and sue him for damages. Uh, it doesn't mean you can sue him to make him finish the contract. You deliver, he pays you. That is not what contract law gives you the right to do. It, you should stop whatever costs you are incurring to fulfill the contract and sue the um, customer for the cost of that plus loss of profit. Right? It, it goes into the normal route of normal breach of contract scenario. Yeah, because yeah. he has no defense, no defense of force measure, frustration, or COVID act. Hope that helps. Thank you, Paiket. We'll now come to an end of the uh, session. Thank you everyone for tuning in and stay safe. And with that, we conclude the last part on how to respond to COVID-19 through a legal perspective on business. If you're interested to catch more of these type of content, do keep a lookout for our future episodes.